I V M. If you have a serious construction problem, if you have a problem with your building, your house, you go and get a good contractor. But here I am today talking with a very different kind of contractor, who you call when there is a problem in one of the most important place, which is your heart. I'm very, very excited to have a good friend, none other than Dr. Ashish Contractor. This is a contractor everybody should know and should be on your speed dial. And the reason is because he's the head of Department of Rehabilitation and Sports Medicine at Sir H N Reliance Foundation Hospital. He's the man who has controlled and managed and cured uh, heart problems of a number of people, both uh, super famous and super normal. And I'm here today talking to you about how people can change their life and change their hearts. So welcome to the show, doctor. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Vishal. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you and uh, catching up with all the new ideas that you have. And uh, I'm sure this is going to be an interesting conversation. No, no, absolutely. And I, I was, we were just saying that you are among the first people I met way back in 2014, uh, talking about my whole new crazy startup. And the most funny part is how we met. I mean, I, that yeah, story is so unreal. unreal. So, do you, do you want to talk about that story? Yeah, sure. So. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head uh, who had introduced us, but essentially we exchanged emails. I think it was, it was DJ. DJ, DJ at ProCap. Ah, that's right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, we exchanged these emails, and and ultimately, you know, you live and work out of Chembur, and I was I was living in in Kolaba and working out of uh, BKC, and we figured that one of the places we could meet was in Churchgate. And in Churchgate, in the Eros Theater building, there's a there's a gym on the first floor. It's called Qi Q I, though the actual pronunciation is Qi. But you know, you for, call it Qi. We used to call it Qi. And um, I've been the medical director of it, kind of from its inception, helped them set it up to make it more more medical as opposed to a fitness related gym. And and we met there. And I'm not sure whether I knew the name of your company. Uh, I don't think I did because then I would tell you, you know, it's this. And when we when we met there, um, we met at the coffee shop below. I think there was a, a, a or there is a cafe coffee day there. And um, and he told me the company is Go Key. It was completely bizarre. I mean, what what are the odds that I could be part of a you know organization called Key and then I meet this guy who we're looking to collaborate with, whose organization is called Goki. No, no, it, it is completely unreal for me too, because, you yeah. know, as I said, we had never heard, when we yeah. created the word Goki, we were like, right. this is very unique, and here exactly. we are, yeah. ending up at Ki, <laughs> and exactly spelt with the same the same, same way. way. Yeah. But, you know, coming back to that whole experience, I think yes. one thing which literally struck me in a big way, hmm. is I was always used to seeing doctors in clinics and hospital setups with white gowns and very serious. And hmm. here you were on this amazing, gym that key gym is one of the best yes. gyms I've ever seen it they're the best equipment and you were talking about combining the whole idea of exercise and health and medicine yeah. and this is like way before your time so did people think you were crazy because it's all said oh if you have a heart you don't problem don't walk don't do that and you are like telling people no if you have a heart problem you can exercise you can yeah. do gymming you can even run marathons yeah. to heart patients yeah. Yeah. how was it initially taken so, you know, when I 
so the story actually goes that when I went to the US, um, I went to study what in my head was traditional sports medicine, right? So if you say it's sports medicine, you imagine people specifically working with athletes. And, and when I went there after a few months, I realized that the field of sports medicine also encompassed several what I may call sub areas. So, for example, um, sports psychology or um, um, nutrition, um, we could look at they have this whole concept of exercises, medicine, uh, cardiac rehabilitation. And over time, a little bit of my interest veered towards the if I may use the word, the physiological aspects of sports medicine. So using exercise to actually um, heal or take care of a lot of illnesses, especially chronic illnesses. So in the year, at the end of 2000, when I decided to come back to India, this concept of cardiac rehabilitation in what I may call a formal sense didn't exist. I mean, many people could say Even that Even now it doesn't it. exist for a lot of people. For, yeah, it, it doesn't. So... So I, I remember literally knocking on a lot of doors and kind of trying to convince people because here you got to convince not just the patients, which is the secondary part, but the first is the doctor, the hospital um, administration to set up something which, which really doesn't exist. And I had all the data and all of that to show. So it was interesting. I uh, started the process at Kambala Hospital. Dr. Shetty, who has uh, relatively recently passed away, was was to be honest fairly fairly progressive and and gave some space and 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 this dedicated. was in 2000 2000 yeah so this was at the end of 2000 i was here and then we started the conversations and the work and i think we we started uh, work towards the i think if, not towards i think it was exactly august 2001 and then at that same time uh, somebody i met uh, his name was uh, nitij and nitij was um, you know humongously overweight and he had lost a ton of weight in what I may call the right manner and Nitej of course is the guy who now owns the key clinics exactly right? yeah. exactly so he wanted to set up a um, a fitness place center you know not being a traditional gym but with doing the right stuff if I might say so so I've been associated with the American College of Sports Medicine right from the beginning and I've been there what's called a certification director. So he wanted me to train his staff in a so-called medical manner such that the gym would, would serve clients not just to get buff and fit and to look good on Saturday night, but to actually impact their health. And and that's really the genesis of Key and that's where it started. And yeah, so that's that's how the whole journey well, kind of started. Think, you know, clearly, right? I mean, in 2001, you were talking about this yeah. and you said that this was a relatively new thing. So right. now coming and convincing a doctor, yeah. what were the experience of the first few patients? Because, you know, here you're telling a heart patient to yeah. go on a treadmill yeah. and do yeah, all these absolutely. kinds of things. How was that experience? Yeah, so that's interesting. So the, the first... You know, actually, if I think about it, the patients were quite very receptive. So it was wonderful in that in a relatively small room in Kambala Hill, we used to have Gujarati ladies from Valkeshwar coming in, <laughs> in, you know, in their complete saris because they would refuse to sort of leave home, you know, in anything else. And then kind of getting into a salwar kameez, which was a big step, you know, for them. And then uh, getting on the treadmill or getting on a cycle and, and they actually loved it. The thing that we do, I mean, whether it's back then or even now, and that's really important, you need to start gradually. You can't get a person from zero and tell them to, you know, 
run for 10 minutes or something. You literally start from zero and you just make it comfortable. Say, you know what, let's just walk. And they say, we've never walked before. And they say, that's fine. Let's take the first few steps. And it always starts in that manner. And and the patients are surprisingly receptive. I really, you know, till date, I mean, people are skeptical. Oh, they have this, I won't be able to do it. But the moment they say, I won't be able to do it, you show them five other people who seem to be worse off than them doing it. And and that's all it takes because I think human beings yeah. need that. They just need to know it can be done. That's no, all. And, and I just want to kind of fast forward a little. Yeah. And of course, you know, your yeah. book is almost yeah. a Bible, the hard truth yeah. uh, talking about. And you have an entire chapter talking about reversal of heart disease, yeah. uh, turning back the clock. Yeah. So while yeah. you were at one point of time yeah. talking about, oh, you know, post heart disease, we'll yeah. try and help you manage. Yeah. Yeah. To now saying reversing heart disease. Yeah. I mean, how have we kind of reached these? two ends of the spectrum. Okay, so that's that's interesting. So this concept, the the phrase reversal of heart disease ideally actually should be credited to uh, Dr. Dean Ornish in the US. He had so, a... By the way, I, I know Dean Ornish really well. I've even been yeah. to his uh, hospital in this beautiful Sausalito. suburb in Sausalito. I worked I've, there. I worked there. It is so amazing. Yeah, yeah he's such so a exactly, great guy. So yeah. Exactly. So Dean Ornish first wrote this, you know, reversing heart disease uh, book. And um, when I was in the US and I was, you know, studying, I said I must, you know, go and look at. So he was looked at in a bit of a outlier, even within the medical community, and right? He's within the guy the, who kind of helped Bill Clinton and right, you know the whole right, plant-based right, diet. That's right. That's right. So he, um, before I returned, I said I must. So I went and did about I think it was about two month internship in Sausalito, and you know, so, that's like you're almost like in Italy, right? Absolutely. That place is that's, so that's the right a nice description. You go past the Golden Gate Bridge, and then you sort of veer off, and that's that's Sausalito. And uh, so spent two months there and also spent time at his uh, retreat. So he yeah. does it at yeah. this, I think it's called the Claremont Club in Oakland. Yeah. He's and invited me for one of those retreats. Correct. Yeah. And then the time, in fact, that I did it, Larry King of, of CNN was, was supposed to have been there. But, you know, he last minute uh, couldn't make it or something. And um, so he, he had the, um, the retreat. So we kind of, you know, I saw his methodology and saw what was considered the traditional methodology. And the concept of reversal actually is interesting. If you do all the right things, and and that's what I've written in the book, you get what's called physiological reversal. In other words, you can halt the progression of disease and you can prevent somebody from having a heart attack, which is ultimately what you want. No, and, and he also says that the the, clo- the arteries could actually declog. A little bit, Vishal. So there, there is where the controversy is and it's a bit of a stretch because, you know, once that plaque is formed and it's very solid it may not sort of just it's not like Drano throwing down your you know drain and it just sort of you know disappearing it doesn't happen in that manner because it's a very solid plaque but it does it it can shrink a little bit but more important the plaques are like dormant volcanoes which can be there for you know years and decades and nothing can happen or they can explode or you know take off one day and so then as one long clot as, can come out absolutely and so as long as we keep them dormant that's what in a way reversal is so reversal is sometimes a much used and abused term which is why I didn't want to have that as sort of the specific title of the book but if you understand the concept well yes reversal can happen no but i think that's the most important part of this book right yeah. while everything is great yeah. so in india right now the problem is that everybody has accepted the fact that they're going to have heart disease so yeah. nowadays when you meet people it's not like oh 
Yeah, I will have a heart problem. Everybody has heart problem. So people have assumed it's that a badge of honor now, that you know, at a particular age, I'll get diabetes. At a right. particular age, I'll get blood pressure, and at yeah. a particular period, I will have a heart problem. Right. And usme kya? Everybody says I'll put a stunt. I'll do. Yeah. You yeah. know. So people yeah. talk of all these conditions yeah. and angioplasty, like they are doing. You know, root canal. Yeah, going for a movie or something. So yeah. the problem yeah. right yeah. now is that people have instead of saying that I will make sure I never go to a place where i have a heart problem people are talking of oh it's nothing big yaar i have this friend who just had a thing yeah. he went and in one hour they did his yeah. angiography uh, and then usi mein they did the angioplasty so yeah. how do you kind of take this this position of prevention yeah. when this is where yeah. the market so is so actually what you what you bring for is very interesting point so indians as a whole also tend to be very fatalistic ke jo hoga hoga yahan likha hai So they've actually done studies in uh, in Indian population in the West, which is largely done in places like you know England or in the US or in Canada, and they found that even things like diabetes, to which Indians are unfortunately highly prone, and we're the diabetes capital of the world, um, the Indian population there, compared to the you know peer Western population, took less care of their diabetes, were more, if I can use a Bombay term, bindas about you know <laughs> eating stuff and all of it. Ram Barose, Ram Barose, because. सेड ये भगवान ने दिया है ये जो हमारा नसीब में है है सो यू ब्रिंग आउट एन इंटरेस्टिंग पॉइंट वे इफ दे एक्सेप्ट दैट हार्ट डिजीज गोइंग टू हैपन दे गोइंग टू डू लेस टू फाइट इट सो द कैंड ऑफ वर्क दैट यू नो योर डूइंग व्हिच इज यू नो फैबुलस ऑफ 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 इन दैट कैन ऑफ प्रिवेंटिव स्पेस is harder फॉर पीपल टू एक्सेप्ट एंड दे मे एंटर इट इन मोर फ्रॉम अ um exercise of fat thing as opposed to prevention but that's that's the road that they all should be on no, that's you know, the challenge the, the point is for example what dr ornish talks yeah. about it coincidentally i may be actually meeting him next week okay. i'm off to vancouver okay. so he comes almost every year for the ted conference so okay. we kind of hang all out right. together okay so he talks about this plant based diet right. plant based right Now in India, you yeah. know, we have a huge population who's vegetarian. Yes. So they are technically on a plant-based plant diet. diet. Absolutely. But the problem is the the excess carbohydrates Correct. and the fried food. Correct. So what is the perfect Indian plant-based diet? Because we in India we can't live like you know salads and ye sab khake. You can't survive. Yeah. So yeah. I know you talk a little bit about the food also. Yeah. Yeah. So diet is is fascinating and and. Uh, the good or the bad news is for dad everybody has an opinion and it's all very strong because everybody has you know everybody loves food um here are one of one or two simple things that i believe firstly i am not a big fan of magic food or poison foods okay so i think all foods can be good in the right quantity and they so can be so have you doc- met dr gandri who talks about this crazy no, food So Dr Gandhi has this book where he talks about uh, food which are actually poisonous for you and you should right. not be eating. Yeah. And we'll we'll yeah. talk about Dr yeah. Gandhi later. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So the interesting part is right and and fortunately or unfortunately I'm I'm I approach these more from a scientific angle as opposed to an emotional angle because when you do when you get tied down to a philosophy then even in the face of evidence against it you kind of have to fight for that philosophy. 
So I think what has been found is that from a food perspective, and this is really interesting. So on the one end, in many ways, the Ornish diet is an extreme on the one end of being very, very low fat and, and high in, in carbo- carbohydrate and especially talks about complex carbohydrate, though I think he's mellowed that stance a bit over the years. And on the other extreme, you got the Dr. Atkins diet, which yeah, essentially which says that, you know, carbohydrate and is now poison. The keto, the yeah, which keto is essentially yeah, Atkins. Thing, yeah. You know, and now you've got people like Tim Noakes in South Africa getting onto that same uh you know, concept. So there they talk about that fat is the best thing in the world and, and the carbohydrate is the worst. And studies have been done and found that, you know what, as long as people followed the diet, <laughs> both worked. Work. Both worked. So the bottom line is, most of us like to follow a little bit of every diet, the part that appeals to us. So we end up having literally the Indian term, khichdi of diets. But if you stuck to a diet, however crazy or radical it might sound, it works. And one of the main reasons why it works is ultimately... Any diet, which is a very, how shall I put it, strict diet, is ultimately restrictive. Okay, so if you look at the Ornish diet, while it's saying eat anything plant-based, what it's saying is you can't have butter or cream or those things in, in any large quantity. And while the Atkins diet is saying, you know what, eat all the stuff you like, have, have, you know, have cheese and have butter all day long, but have butter without the bread. Have a burger without the bread patties, without the fries. So ultimately, it's being restrictive. If you're going to follow a restrictive diet to the T, you're going to consume less food. Calorie. And you will largely, you know, you will lose weight. And because you lose weight, the body tends to correct itself. Things like sugar, your cholesterol, all of that start becoming better. So that's why I end up saying there really isn't any magic. Follow a plan. And and as you correctly pointed out in the Indian context, following a a plant-based diet isn't a hard thing to do. Just a question of how to bump up the proteins a little more. There are people listening here, you know, they already have a heart related issue let's say high cholesterol or somebody has already gone through a stent etc so what are the five things or six things they could do which could help them reverse this so again what i'm going to tell you is is unfortunately just plain common sense stuff which your listeners probably already know so I'm, i'm not able to give you any magic and and here's the thing right if you want to remember it i don't know sometimes people remember it as a b c d e i give them a little bit of acronym which may be easy so a is for activity Um, which is different from exercise. Okay, so, and here's the kicker. Most people by now know that they should, whatever, walk 30, 50, 60 minutes a day, right? Whether you have... 10,000 steps as we say. 10,000 steps, right? So you need to be, you're walking. But where people make a mistake is they don't tend to be physically active. And in our country, it's a classic, right? The classic um, blue-collar, white-collar worker syndrome. You know, the high-end executive... Uh, we'll go, we'll go to a fancy gym for 45 minutes, but the rest of the 23 hours and 15 minutes, someone's literally driving him to the washroom also. Okay, at, at work, he's got all the executive. At home, he's got the staff to help him. The car comes literally to the doorsteps, drop, right? So he's got a good structured exercise, but zero physical activity. The guy who's the blue collar, the pun in the office is getting up at, you know, 4.35, standing in line for water, going to Virar station, getting in, going to, you know, church gate, wherever, getting off, walking to VT, walking to Nariman Point, walking up and down within the day. But he doesn't do the 40 to 60 minutes brisk walk continuously. You know, you look at him, he'll probably say, you're crazy, I've been walking all day long. So that's a lot of physical activity, no exercise. So you need both, right? So that's A is for your activity. B would be blood pressure. So just make sure your blood pressure is within reason. Ideal pressure is around 120, 80. It should not be more than 140 on the upper or 90 on the lower side. 
then we got C, which is your cholesterol. So there again, there are a bunch of different values, you know, good, you're bad, etc. But if you want to remember just one simple value, your total cholesterol, keep it, you know, maybe below 200. D is for diabetes. So make sure your sugars are under good control. Um, D is also for do not smoke. So when we talk about lifestyle modification, we always use the word moderation. You know, you don't need to get overboard on anything. But the one area where we say moderation is not okay, it's smoking. Smoking is zero. I've written that in my book. So you often get patients who come and ask you, but, you know, doctor, I smoke, you know, 10 a day, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it reduce it to three, four. Isn't that okay? (laughs) And I look at them straight in the face and say, yeah, that's okay. But it's like asking me, should I jump off the 10th floor of a building or should I jump off the 5th floor? You know, yes. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, jump off the 5th floor. And now suddenly people are doing this vaping and they're like, oh, because I'm vaping. I said, listen, it's still... You yeah, know, smoke absolutely. going into your lungs, whether yeah. you vape or yeah, you Yeah, the smoke. first time I heard vape, I, I thought, am I hearing correctly? What did they just say? And uh, <laughs> then actually for the book, I, I wrote about vaping uh, in the book. And that is the time it just was becoming an in thing. And yes, you know, that's that's Vaping is equally enough. bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's your ABCD, you know. And, then, and the last one is E is for your structured exercise aspect of it. So if you take care of your risk factors, okay, all the things which end up causing the problem, you're going to reduce your risk. Does that mean your risk becomes zero? No. And that's where this whole fitness and immunity bit comes, right? So you're into running. I've seen you with your long socks on early morning on Marine Marine Drive drive, and uh, hitting the thing. So there, you know, and unfortunately, every time something happens to a fit person or a runner, you know, people go... Oh, there are stories everywhere in your headlines. Oh, you know, marathon runner finishes run and... Yeah, absolutely. So... I, I tell people, and especially when I'm talking to a running audience, that running or fitness does not give you immunity. Let's get that straight. It reduces risk, but it doesn't give you immunity. So don't be completely, you know, I mean, people think, that, oh, because you run, nothing can happen. That's not true. No, and we're going to talk a lot about yeah. the running itself, yeah. but I want yeah. to kind of first focus on the yeah. prevention or yeah. reversal of heart disease. Yeah. So, I mean, you just follow these, you know, basic lifestyle changes, you know, regular exercise, the right diet, not smoking, once a year looking at your cholesterol, sugars, blood pressure, and being born lucky and not having parents with heart disease, that's of no, course something you can't that, control. Does that play a big role? That it actually having... does. It does. Heart disease is amongst the diseases where there, there is genetic predisposition. Now, you know, because your parents might have suffered, it just means you've been dealt, you know, slightly not those great cards in life. But it's not a fate accompli. Mm-hmm. That just because someone's had something, you have to have no, it. Because, you know, one of the things which when I was speaking to some folks, they were like, yeah. you know, the average lifetime expectancy previously was 45, 50 yeah. years. Yeah. Now that the life expectancy has increased, this is yeah. why we are now seeing all these complications. I mean, your great grandparents never had heart disease because they never survived before when they were 50 or 60. Yeah, I hear were, that a lot. But what also happens is they don't even know hmm. but the guy probably died of heart disease it just wasn't diagnosed as such so it's not that they weren't dying they were just not put that label on it because you know my problem is that people always blame genetics they always yeah. blame yeah. something else for their yeah. disease they're not yeah. blaming the food they're, they're eating or everything else right and yeah. I want to kind of 
you know make this point here that yeah. that the genes maybe contribute 10% but 90% yeah. is everything else yeah. i think that's yeah. the yeah it's like saying genes sort of you know load the gun but lifestyle the trigger which sort of fires it off you know that's it's not my code it's been sort of said often and uh, it's always the in the nature versus nurture debate and i put it this way that you beyond the point you can't control your genes right that's what you've been born with but there's a whole science of epigenetics as well which shows that the lifestyle you lead can i don't want to be misquoted here but sort of modify your genes or affect the genes in a positive manner so you know and and that's the card you have in your hand and you better you might as well play it the best you can no but the problem of this whole gene thing is and yeah. i've done all these gene testing yeah. it says yeah. oh you have 2.1% no. chance more than normal for Absolutely. this it doesn't what do you do with the data right? yeah. it is not actionable right it is not actionable at all gene gene science is still very very early maybe Maybe there's a breakthrough. Maybe one year from today. Maybe ten years no, from today. No, with CRISPR and whatever they're doing no, with gene editing. Yeah. You know? The only sort of few genes, like the the BRCA gene, the BRCA, which Angelina Jolie yeah. had the yeah. thing of, and you know she had the mastectomy. There are some diseases where where you know genes are you know the the science is getting more accurate in cause and effect. But within cardiovascular disease, they've literally identified hundreds of SNPs, what they call single nucleotide hmm. polymorphism variations, which which Absolutely. mean nothing. Absolutely. So I think the one thing which I'm sure everybody asks you is how can I reverse that, uh, heart disease? We talked about that. The second thing which I think people are now always trying to get into is how do we prevent this? Yeah. And do you think prevention and reversal is more or less the same? Or? Yes, it's it's the same continuum, right? I, I often tell people that you know when you talk also the in 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 medicine you got something called primordial prevention, primary prevention, and secondary prevention, right? From sort of traditional epidemiology. So primordial is preventing the risk factor from happening in the first place. So you prevent blood pressure, you prevent sugar. Primary is you sort of you you preventing the event from happening. You prevent the heart attack from happening. And secondary is after you had a heart attack, what do you do to prevent the next one? I often joke with people the difference between primary and secondary is five minutes. The human being remains the same. If you're healthy, you know, if you're okay today, and you have a heart attack tonight, tomorrow yeah. you're not a totally different person. Your lifestyle, your food, is all the same. So it's just a continuum of care that that one needs to take, and and you can never start too early. People get shocked when I tell them if you especially have got it, you can test children for cholesterol as early as twelve, thirteen, fourteen, because this is a this doesn't happen overnight. Mm. So it's an interesting thing. Uh, they did autopsies in in young American kids who died in Korea. I think that was the fifties, the Korean War, as well as in Vietnam, and they found that young soldiers, as as young as nineteen twenty, when they did the autopsy and the pathology reports, they had advanced blockages, atherosclerosis, wow. at that age, Thank right? You. So you're unfortunately never too young to no, suffer. But you know, today the problem is that we hear of so many cases of. 30 year olds 29 yeah. year olds 28 yeah. year olds just yeah. collapsing yes. and dying with yeah. heart disease right yeah. it yeah. is so common now pehle you know you used to hear like not this was yeah. much rarer it was yeah. a disease yeah. always associated with older people age. who were older but today there are 25 year old yeah. Yeah. people having heart problems so why is this trend happening why are you seeing this so i mean to be honest 25 one does the let me put it this way oh, so 30s let's say 30s yeah, 30s yeah. is is fairly common no why i say for the 25 because often the 25 role may have something else they don't have what's called traditional heart so disease they have a ball we, or something exactly else, yeah. or a structural defect a congenital defect and we sort of 
club it all under one one big bucket so, of so i was told that there is either a electric problem or a plumbing problem ah, in the heart very good that's <laughs> i hope you read the book but that's <laughs> what course, i said in the course, yeah. ah, no wonder i was quoting your book yeah ah, so that's you. a very good way of so putting it i know it, at least right? one person has read it and <laughs> no, anusha no, told me that she has i don't know whether she's just being nice to me but but she did say that she no, has but you know, so, that's a very good way of looking at it yeah. right the kind of heart problems you know people yeah. say oh, cognitive defect yeah, and yeah, that defect yeah, and that yeah, and we're like listen how do you simplify it yeah so i say this heart is like a house right so you can have a structural problem you can have a plumbing problem you can have an electrical problem you can have mechanical problems and that kind of um, um sums it up so yeah um younger I, what's happening is um lifestyles are changing uh food is more processed physical activity is at a much lower level stress is the big elephant in the room which is the I don't know I mean I'm I'm kind of almost unsure in my own head the role it plays in a lot of people the problem with stress is we can't measure it but stress increases cortisol so right? cortisol yes. is the but correct but what is it right so I can tell you that your sugar is 124 as an example I can't tell you your stress is 8 or 9 or 10 the other thing is stress per se is not necessarily a bad things right take yourself for example you're obviously a very high functioning individual you've achieved a lot in your life at a young age so you are a driven guy so you you need stress to perform just living in this city you need stress to get out of the door every day and kind yeah. of you know make a living right so stress per se is not bad we often say when stress becomes problematic um stress becomes distress that's when it's an issue and what people perceive as stress is different right again an example i give in the book let's say you know a, a poor domestic worker going home and you know a 50 rupee note falls from his pocket um he probably may not sleep very well that night because he's lost 50 rupees of his daily wages were you know 100 150 rupees right while if that happened to you if i might say so i don't think that you're going to lose care, too yeah. much sleep with losing 50 rupees but what if the stock market dropped 400 points that domestic worker would sleep very very peacefully <laughs> that night while if you were invested you know you might not get sleep so exactly. the issue is the same the 50 rupee or the stock market but how you perceive it and stress and heart disease have almost a, a or depression and heart disease have a chicken and egg sort of a thing the stress it's a cocktail yeah almost. you know this depression and and anxiety and what we call psychosocial factors they lead to heart disease at the same time having heart disease leads to all of these things another another sort of elephant in the room in our country is pollution more and more they finding out that the environment and the pollution contributes but again it's very hard to actually quantify it yeah. so i think these are the new ones stress pollution etc which are adding to the already loaded genetic no, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, milieu just to kind of give you yeah. a, a story of my own right so I, my father got diabetes in his early 30s okay uh, and i have seen literally how that diabetes started with a normal diabetes and it became type 2 with insulin then he was on insulin but then that started leading to blood pressure all of that then he had his one first heart attack second heart attack and unfortunately last year when he had a heart attack he it led led to multiple organ failure and so on so i saw the entire story play out in my house and one thing which i you know when i was when literally i was in my 
school is I said I'll never have diabetes at least because that seems to be the the starting point of yeah. all of this and so far you know I can tell you that I don't remember the last time when I put sugar in any of the like I don't have sugar in anything I don't drink cold drinks I've just been off this for years I don't know the taste of added sugar I mean if there is sugar yeah. I, I can have juices right. etc but that was a event in my life which kind yeah. of created such a big impact to me yeah. but why are people who are seeing all these things happen right there are so many people dying and getting impacted of heart disease why are they not waking up to this your guess is as good as mine so you know i mean you i mean i'm i'm sorry to have to have heard that he you know he went through all of this but um, that was your wake up call and i wonder if that has also an impact on the work that you do today no absolutely right so you know uh, again in medicine when you deal with people it's very interesting i mean i think working in a hospital is so interesting to see human nature unfold in in front of you you have three large groups of people you got the type who are very blase and again to use the word bindas about anything they're the sort who have had a heart attack a week ago or a bypass surgery two weeks ago and they talk to you as oh just nahi kuch thoda kuch zyada kuch hua nahi kuch prevention ke liye aisa kiya hmm. the types who at the smallest cough or cold will you know go upside down and 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 get paranoid and then there the people in between so i think a lot of people are just either i don't know accepting it or in denial um it's it's amazing how when the evidence is there in so, front you know, so of one you. of the things i did now so i've been almost it's now been almost 4 years i take a blood test every 3 months okay almost actually i did it every 2 months now it's almost every 3 yeah. months yeah. and i measure every parameter of mine yeah and i can now tell you that every i can exactly tell you which was my last parameter which was problematic and which i am working on so i can go to that level so right now all my parameters touch wood are under control my uric acid was slightly higher that is what i am working on there was a time when my ths was a little off limit my hdl was low i was put on having extra virgin coconut oil so okay. i am having it twice okay. every day and that okay. one thing is now in my last report bumped up my hdl yeah. so i am literally seeing that how food yeah. so i just kind of yeah. change my food and then yeah. keep taking blood yeah. tests yeah. and i am seeing how it is literally like magic right that all this the food impacts all your thing no it does and you are and you are using your body as a <laughs> experiment study of one but so yeah and that's also interesting because because there are like in weighing yourself right there are people who weigh themselves every day and yeah. people who don't want to look at the scale even once in 6 months so i think you know what works so if this is what works for you that's great and i'm glad to know i'm not the only <laughs> anal person around i can tell you how many steps i took dating back to 2008 <laughs> on any given day on my excel sheet and i i, I kid you not that's yeah, a fact I've seen so that excel sheet, i've yeah. got my you will scoff at it but this old fashioned diary so which you can see at the end of every day i've got how many steps i've written down Ooh. and i convert it from from my now i i've i've sold out and got a fitbit and changed from the old fashioned uh, pedometer and we need to get that but to a goki now that is, true. is completely out the, uh, the moment i said the word out of my mouth i realized <laughs> that i'm going to have to retract this one but yes so yeah i do that and uh, i think anything that is measured can be changed mm mm-hmm. So no what can it be measured cannot be managed right that's exactly. the other way to look at it Yeah carry. absolutely The Vishal Gondal show will be right back after this break Long long ago not in Bethlehem but in a place nearby 
There was a wonderful birth of a huge show, which I like to call Cyrus Says, a show that encapsulates everything in human history, from the first Homo sapien to the last Homo sapien. Uh, who's traversed the entire world and then come back to India. This is a show which tells you everything about everything. If you want to know, avoid Google, come to us. It's called Cyrus Says. Get new episodes every Monday and Thursday on the IVM podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's simple as A, B. Oh God, what comes after that? Cyrus Says is brought to you by Setu IMAX. But, you know, so stress is a problem. We know yeah. that the whole problem of nutrition yeah. is one. There is yeah. alcoholism yeah. and the culture. There yeah. is smoking. Yeah. What are the other X factors which you are seeing now, which are being more recent? Which, you know, are you seeing like stress, especially people in companies and, you know, all these places, which is happening? So, uh I don't know how to answer that because on the other the hand... corporate environment really... So, I, I do... I talk to a large group of people on a very regular basis, both in a corporate setting and, and even in more sort of smaller 8, 10, 12 people setting. And and there is a lot more awareness actually today. So especially when I talk to some of these, you know, EO or YPO, you know, entrepreneurs organization or young presidents organization, that type of a crowd that, the, you know, um, they are very clued in. And everybody is, you know, counting steps and measuring things and, you know, onto some kind of a fitness plan. And even if you go to the large groups, they're all saying the right things. Um, so I don't know whether they're just not implementing it. But today there are very few people who, who for example, smoke and are proud of it in the 30 plus kind of corporate crowd that you see but in the younger college crowd I think maybe maybe that's still if I may use the word in to do uh, to do that and I think binge drinking has caught up I believe that that you know kids are drinking even in the 10 standard parties and that's like a cool thing to do um, the other and this is just an observation I, I there's no scientific basis I think young girls are smoking a lot more um, now I would almost say more than more than the boys and again there's nothing there's no I'm not trying to be sexist one way or the other about this but this it's is just what we are seeing in the society it's just an observation yeah and, 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 and statistically the rate of smoking not tobacco consumption tobacco consumption in Indian women is high but smoking is very, very, very low. It's among the lowest in the world on any tobacco survey. But in, again, my observation, you go out to a Phoenix Mills type area or a Kamla Mill, any, any night, night spot kind of an area and you see a large number of young girls smoking. Now, um, I don't know whether that's a, a, yeah. a new phenomenon. Or I think what. another thing which you have been very closely associated with mm-hmm. is the Mumbai Marathon. You've yes. been yes. literally the medical director of the yes. marathon now yes. for, I think, ever since it started. Yeah, almost, from its when? inception till till 2014. And, and now, of course, you are continuing to help them. Yes. I know that, yes. you know. Yeah. But, I mean, how did this whole, I mean, I remember the first marathon would have like yeah. a few hundred participants to yeah. Yeah. now being one of the largest marathons in the world or in yeah. Asia. I don't know. In, what yeah, so in terms like. of the number of total people running on that day, it would be in the world category. Yeah. Of course, they're divided into three distances. Yeah, the half marathon is maybe 25,000, 30,000 yeah, now. Yeah. One. So, yeah, I mean, I got to give credit to, to Prokem and uh, Anil and Vivek and uh, um, it's just a phenomenal story. And um, I give them credit because from day one, 
they they wanted to do it right if i might say so so i remember very vividly um they approached asian art and um they had met dr panda who's um effectively the the ceo and the lead and the founder of the hospital and he had called me in for that meeting so this was 2004 january was the first uh time it was meant to be held and because of some technical reason they shifted it to feb so i think they came to us in 2003 june or july so we started the conversation and planning in almost 7 months before and um and they really i think did everything right the medical the hydration the branding getting international people in and it's just phenomenal how to see that how that one event has, has changed the yeah. face of running and i would say health in the future of the country of the country absolutely i mean i got it, initiated into it it is incredible i went with my dad to mount abu that's his birthplace uh, last year in in november and and small hill station mount abu and there was a, a mount abu half marathon happening <laughs> or i just happened the weekend you know yeah. i go to coimbatore for a conference coimbatore marathons happening i mean there isn't any mid mid-level town in this country which doesn't have at least one half marathon yeah, yeah, in the year it's become an epidemic which and, is a good epidemic yeah <laughs> absolutely so it's great and and this again is the story of of seeing is believing and one person affecting another so in the first year in the half marathon i think there were you know again like i said probably less than 2 or 3000 people but when over the years people saw their neighbors do it who oh, he's older than me and bigger in size than me and and he can do it then why can't i so it's all a sense of you know somebody can do it and and it's it's spawned a great a great culture so i think uh, you know great credit to the no, and event the organizing the medical help for yeah. this right that's always and yeah. i know that every day after the marathon there are yeah. these stories yeah. of people yeah. dying no, a, so how a, have you managed this right how do you manage the 22000 people yeah, so health? i mean uh, on race day on 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 this kind of big event you probably have about 400 to 500 people working in in association with you my biggest worry has always been making sure that those 400 or 500 people are in their place at 4:30 a.m because after that the road starts shutting and um in a city like mumbai the roads are are particularly narrow so logistics sometimes become harder and so and to me the communication is the hardest part because when somebody has you know unfortunately um collapse you need to kind of get to them uh, really quickly and and you need to be able to communicate very quickly so you keep trying to do your best in this i think having um having event free runs is a combination of preparedness and let's be honest luck as well has to play a role because sometimes things go yeah. horribly wrong and you're just not in a position to do anything but i'd like to think that the mumbai marathon is a well prepared a well equipped marathon i know that a lot of the runs sometimes in other parts of the country i think the organizers especially doing it in the first you know year or second year do not tend to take the medical aspect as um seriously as they maybe should but um, hopefully all of that's changing no but i mean you know i have done like 14 half marathons of course i'm not too fast but i realize yeah. that you know if you feel uneasy you stop yeah, so how are these people i still don't understand that how are these people who are running and they complete and then in 15 minutes they get a heart attack don't they get any symptoms when they are um, running i mean what kind of keeps making no, them so the- so there so there are two three things to it one is there are there are a group of people who for lack of a better word i'll say end up doing silly things on race day right 
So there will be people, and again, this is all from personal experience. They'll say, "Oh, I will run the full marathon without having a single sip of water," for example. Oh God! Right? And in our no weather, hydration. when it's you know 30 degrees plus by the time you finish, and the humidity, that's just silly. There are people. Oh, I'm not trained for the last three months, but arey, I've done it once before. Chale, race day pe jayenge, dekha jayenge. We'll go as far as we, and then we'll stop. What's the big deal, right? And then they push themselves. There are people who had fever or something, and they run with it. So people are also. putting themselves in harm's way having said that there are people and that's the sad reality which is very hard for all of us to accept including me since I'm a runner myself and I feel very strongly um you could really be completely healthy and and there are body changes going on and and you know at the end of the run or after you finish you know that this a cascade of events mm-hmm. takes place which which sets your heart into a, a dangerous rhythm into a cardiac arrest rhythm and and that time nothing can be done sometimes people finish the run and then abruptly stop and you stop abruptly again all your blood which has been flowing very fast pools down into your lower limbs into your legs and that again sets off a cascade of events so you know it's not So there are both sides. There are people who do get warning signs, which they tend to ignore. But there is a small. And I, I know there's this don't. famous WhatsApp, which comes every time, which is yeah. the CEO of SAP. I think uh, Ranjan. Yeah, that just I've quote not quoted. I've I've written about Ranjan's uh, story also, and that is a, again that's one of those things. And they that talk is, about sleep. You know, yeah, they say sleep yeah. is a. That was a long time ago, and every time it comes around, as if it happened last week. You know. um so sleep again and that's a good sort of third point in relation with stress and and pollution that i spoke about sleep again is the unknown kind of a thing we know that that sleep is important um but you know often what what tends to happen is people are traveling a lot they're not sleeping well they're kind of not eating right and the perfect storm happens so ultimately for a catastrophe to happen lots of lot bad of things have to together. line up together and that's that perfect storm so i don't know his individual story but maybe that was the perfect storm lined up so i think sleep is important everything all of these things are important but i think when a lot of these whatsapp and all tend to trivialize things but into a manner that is, this yeah. is the only thing that so matters when people, when you take care of this a, nothing yeah. else matters so normally there are people dying yeah. every day of heart absolutely. disease but no marathon may something happens and people make a absolutely. big deal out of it right absolutely that you you hit the nail on the head and you know i i tell people that you know while it is when something bad happens to somebody while running of course it makes news and is startling but you know what lots of bad people things bad things happen to people sitting home watching tv you rarely will see a headline saying person at home watching tv you know yeah. um collapse so you know there is it does have a larger yeah. emotional tug and you know um and whenever things go wrong and the press even calls me i, I request them to try and give a very balanced view to the whole press wants to sensationalize a lot of this uh, news right? a balanced view to the whole story okay so there are lots of you know things uh, which one does need to take care of so one shouldn't be um negligent either way you shouldn't have an attitude that oh nothing can ever happen and you know that end or the other end oh that is all bad and nobody must ever do it so that's the balance exactly but i think you have now done something which is even more extreme right and i remember meeting venkat who's oh. you know you got these 60 year olds or uh, 60 plus and all these people had bypass surgeries open yeah. heart and all yeah. kinds of things 
and you started them training them for running half and full marathons yeah, and yeah, i know yeah. you started with a few and yeah. now there are literally what hundreds yeah. of people yeah, in that yeah, group yeah, yeah. so how, how can this crazy thing happen i mean here we are talking of people dying of yeah. heart disease yeah, and yeah. then you are talking taking people yeah, yeah. at a senior age and making yeah. them run marathons how is yeah. that possible you need to tell me <laughs> So, is there a magic pill somewhere no, there? No, Baba, there is no magic pill. That's the sad part. <laughs> so here's the here's the deal. A lot of, I actually, you know, tell people half jokingly, half seriously that these guys, okay, who had this and they're doing it on race day, they are the safest group. Because, the safest group. The safest group because they've, we know they've had a problem, we've addressed the problem, we're monitoring them, and then doing everything right. Well, on the other hand, you have hundreds of, if I may use the phrase, walking time bombs, people who've not taken care, ignored symptoms, smoking away and, and going out and doing yeah, things. They don't, yeah. In a sense, they're the more dangerous, right? So, I think it all started with them doing the dream run. 2004 was the first year and we had about 25 of them doing the dream run. And then it was a logical... So this was 25-year-old post-heart surgery... Yes. You made them did the six kilometer yeah. dream run. Yes. Yeah. It was just, the first year was seven kilometers. Seven kilometers. <laughs> and what did people say? Ki, aap hai, aap in, they did. So I, I remember so clearly time, Times of India had done a lovely, you know, big article and they're taking pictures of these guys and they're taking them one or two with their shirt off to show the scar. <laughs> it was quite, <laughs> quite amusing. And, and I'm happy to tell you that that same group, a lot of the initial cohort of 25 are still doing it today. Wow. Okay. They're still doing it today. And so then it was that logical progression. You know what? We've done this. So we we literally built them up from scratch. Okay. So the first day people walked 100 meters and 200 and 300 and 500. So, you know, the progression was so gradual that each day or each week seemed just like a drop more than the previous week. So that was logical. And then the first... Um, group said you know now what do we do what next so obviously the half marathon was next and and there's this guy Dhananjay Yalurkar who's in my forward he as we speak is doing a marathon on every continent so oh he's got an <laughs> marathon in yes, every yes he's continent. got the Antarctica is the only one remaining and oh that God. includes Antarctica <laughs> he if I, I, and he's got how many bypass surgeries yeah, so I need to message Dhananjay but I think he's doing it in the end of the year oh yeah God. maybe because it's, it's warmer in the in December right down south yeah. so in fact three weeks back he sent me a message he's in either Finland or Norway or one of these Scandinavian places where he did a marathon to train for the cold for the Antarctic oh wow right so so again, I, I joke, I, but point is you don't have to run a marathon for health or for fitness. But if you want to, then that's fine. So the messaging is very important in, in all of this. You know, like I said, unfortunately, we're a WhatsApp generation or a, or a Twitter generation where, you know, if it's worthy, it's got to be said in 160 characters or you sort of cannot. And um, the fine print matters a lot in all of this. Mm-hmm. So, so again, right, so training these people, as I said, you know, right, yeah. completely healthy people are yeah. unable to yeah. do marathons and half yeah. marathons. Yeah. So how did you convince the first cohort to do this? So it was more like we came to a point where they said that they wanted to do it. You almost sort of present the idea. So they're all very gung-ho and, oh, we've done this kind of now what? So they're coming into the rehab program. They're on the treadmill. They are, say, running, you know. So did they, like, how did this group come together? How so these this? were all our cardiac rehab patients at the Asian Art Institute. 
okay so they'd had their bypass surgery they had angioplasty and you know i think i, I got to give credit to dr panda you know cardiac surgeon uh, who's very very um, was progressive to say you know what let my patients do it Exactly, you know, well, right. most most patients doctor oh no 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 they can't do it and let them do it in fact he's proud of them and they're the brand ambassadors of the hospital today and um, so we literally and we, we monitor them so while they're running they got these little chest things stuck on them and wirelessly you're checking their ECG oh you're doing ECG yeah. for all of them huh? yeah while no, while they're running indoors oh indoors not so any. yeah but once the guy once you know he's run 10 kilometers indoor and he's all checked out Logically, you can do the same thing on on his own outdoors. So mm. it is just almost a natural progression. And then one saw that the other did, and the so the it was like a, a graduation ceremony. You know, you graduated from heart disease to gently walking on a treadmill or cycling, and then you then went on to the dream run, and then you saw your seniors, if I may use the phrase. You know, so when they we used to start practice, say from I mean, September. Whenever I see Venkat running, I'm yeah. like, dude, this guy can yeah. run faster than yeah. anybody I exactly. know. Exactly. So September to you know in January, we used to train them. So be like 70 80 of them doing the dream run and then they'll see some cool guys you know uh, doing the half marathon training so we'll also be like them one day and and they did it and and they got Venkat's training a lot of these guys and they call themselves the zippers club and they're on on whatsapp on a group and i'm on the group with them and they're literally doing a half marathon now four five six times a year it's their social life they go to Aurangabad and they yeah, go yeah, to yeah. Delhi. Yeah, and they runs go, now, you too can run. He started the entire yeah, company. Course, he started, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So that's, of course, that's, you know, one person. But all of these guys and they all, if you look at them, they look like the average trader you will see on Ghatkopar having jalebi yeah, fafle yeah, on a yeah, Sunday yeah. morning. That's the beauty of it. So they're not these sort of lean, mean running machines as, you know, and that's the beauty of all this, right? It's so democratic in many ways, you know. Anyone can do it is the message. Absolutely. It's brilliant. Absolutely. So I think we talked about prevention, yeah. reversal, yeah. Yeah. running marathons later. Yeah. But what I'm also curious is how did a Parsi boy from South Bombay, right? I mean, you know, Parsi community from where you yeah. come are uh, all about food uh, and, you know, uh, business, uh, etc. How did uh, you get into all of this, right? This doesn't fit the stereotype of being the, the Parsi boy. Yes, but they're meant to be eccentric, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so actually, yeah, that, that fits in. That you missed the first thing. So, the eccentricity of doing something different. Okay, so to so to be honest, actually, one of the driving forces, and a lot of this was my mother, or is my mother. She's been, she was, I would say, one of the first ladies who's regularly running long distances on marine drive. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, she... When this I think early eighties, eighties may oh god, early eighties. She used to we used to live on Hughes uh, Road, which is just opposite uh, Suksagar uh, Building, Kobe Restaurant, and just you just walk to you know Chopati in 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 about a hundred two hundred meters, and so she used to do an eight kilometer thing, which is from Chopati essentially to end and up there and point and back, right? Back, yeah. So she used to do eight kilometers four or five days in a week. And then I was like eight, nine years old. So she be a massive 80s. inspiration, right? So it was like, yeah, this. it could be. And 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 she still works out three times a week wow. at Key. So you know, she's the Parsi genes, right? We know she was. No, she's she's yeah, what now? Yeah. 80 she's seventy three. Seventy three. She works five days a week Amazing. and works out five days a week. Amazing. So, Come touch wood, yeah. and we know <laughs> yeah. with Parsis, you're all going yeah. to be over hundred, right? So that's oh the good God. one. Yeah, the genes, the good genes here. As long as it's healthy, that's all right. As long as it's healthy, that's good. The Vishal Gondal Show will be right back after this break. Shunyavan, 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 Shunyavan. 
billion dollar acquisition. Another copycat startup got formed. No, the tech world in India is surely moving double the speed of this voiceover. Tune in to Shunya One every Tuesday to catch us talking to the smartest people we know on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Shunya One is brought to you by Setu IMAX. Yeah. So, so you studied at Campion. That's right. But how did you decide to go abroad for this very like sports medicine? Right? I mean, yeah. people didn't so even think he medicine. Be I can even love you. I know. So I was, I was always interested in sport. Played tennis in school. Unfortunately, started late in life. So I think started at maybe twelve or thirteen. Which tennis. if you want to become yeah, a high Otherwise level player, you could player. have been a pro. Huh? Uh, I don't know about that. Started at twelve, thirteen. Was a bit bit late to get to that thing. But there's always that interest in playing sport at a at a high level. And then when I finished um, my you know undergrad training out here, and I just thought, let's do something different. And at that time, the internet wasn't really out there. This was in ninety three, ninety four. Email had barely started. And uh, we had that VSNL account, and yeah. you had to go to VSNL exactly. So you had to go to UCFI, I think it was the USEFI at at uh, at Marine Lines, where they had this big green book of all the colleges in the US, and you had to sort of research the various courses they had. And I said, sports medicine sounds like but an interesting thing. Was there anybody like a doctor in your family, or how? My mother, you? my mother's a homeopath. Okay. And her uncle, her dad's brother was so. In that sense, there so have been a few was homeopaths. Take, like choosing to be a doctor yeah, and engineer yeah, was like yeah. the. The you thing know. to do, yeah, yeah. So those days, um, um, you're younger, so maybe you don't have the same thing. It's like when, if you did well, you did science after the tenth, and you know if you did well in the twelfth, you did arts engineering. Arts was the worst. This question yeah, yeah. that day used so to go it, arts. You know, yeah, that that was the the road that you went down. There really wasn't that much of speaking to a counselor and checking out your options and yeah, all of that. We just followed the bandwagon yeah. you know, in my case also i was into big yeah. time into sports i used to play volleyball so okay. the way i got admission in podar college yeah. was sports Fantastic. i barely got 45 50% yeah. in 10th yeah. but you know yeah. the sports angle helped yeah. so did your sports angle help you in it, any of the options um, so to be honest, I, I I gave up sport in the ninth and tenth because academics were ah, decent. Okay. And again, we were not at that point in life, you know, standard middle class sort of family yeah, that you can't. Sports was you not can't, that. yeah, yeah. Because then the option was you became a coach at a club, you know, which wasn't at that moment in time, yeah. you know, the best career option. So, so where did you go in the US to study? I was at the University of Virginia. Which has become infamous right now. That's where the riots happened in Charlottesville Ooh. with the whole Ku Klux Klan rallies Ooh. and all that. So, yeah. so you were like right in the no, middle no, of Redneck is. City, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but Charlottesville is a beautiful town, and that's sort of Jefferson. So you've been Jefferson. in that whole place, huh? You've yeah, yeah. Seen oh, that we, whole... we lived there. We lived there. Wow. I mean, so it was. Uh, so this is coincidentally the rally happened. Mm-hmm. I mean. Honestly, in all my time there, okay, I have personally never felt anything negative or been mm. discriminated against. But you know, most or, people who went yeah. to the US to study yeah. medicine yeah. lived. I mean, yeah. I know so many people who studied yeah. there yeah. then lived yeah. there as doctors yeah. and yeah. never yeah. came back to yeah. India. I mean, yeah. what prompted you back yeah. to come so to India? This this question was asked to me like two hundred and fifty times a week ten years ago. Now people don't ask it that often, so my answer is ready. Um, two reasons. One is my wife was. Missing home a lot, ah. and if you know a Parsi wife, uh, they get what they want. So, <laughs> I hope and how did you meet this. your wife? She was in the US too, or in India? At French tuitions. French tuitions. Oh God, in school. HSC French tuitions. Wow. <laughs> and then I went. Then I studied and everything. So one reason was she wanted to 
come back and the second reason was this toying with this whole idea of prevent- so you already got married before you go to the no Netherlands. so i i was studying there and towards the just before i started working i said okay you know i mean you know i'll i'll get married on my money at least to some extent so <laughs> after i get married i should be able to support my wife on my own money so just after finishing studying and you know before sort of starting work and so then after some time she wanted to come back and the second reason was this whole interest in preventive cardiology cardiac rehab wasn't done in india there was this opportunity to do something new for what it's worth so that was exciting and and that's kind of but uh, but when you came to india you yeah. know india mein us time pe there were not all these big hospitals yeah. this only yeah. came la- yeah. later right yeah. that time there were yeah. only these government yeah. hospitals there was yeah. tata memorial yeah. etc yeah. so wasn't that a big risk for you to come or you kind of weighed on i mean you just um, turned up to india saying i'll dhoond lenge kuch dhoond lenge okay also to be you know we had a little confidence being sort of you know having some amount of medical people in the family old south bombay network connections i knew that at least i was fortunate enough to have enough doors that people would open for me to have the right conversations then mm-hmm. where that went who knows mm-hmm. and i always felt this sort of you know let's take life as it comes that's been a bit of a, a so, sort so of a philosophy so what is the biggest risk you have ever taken so far in your mind what is the biggest risk for you which you took um I know you put everything in a diary, so maybe somewhere you would have said that you know, आज तो थोड़ा risk लेना पड़ रहा है. Getting married? No, that's a that's a joke. <laughs> <But that. laughs> you need to delete that. But no, no. Um, so again, I don't know. Um, not to say. Um, somehow, just had this sort of taking life in its stride. so i can't you know sometimes when you ask people you know what's this one defining moment or what's the the best thing or the worst thing in my life at least so far that's it's not specifically been that i've just kind of you know taken it in its in its flow and though coming back um could and trying to start something new could be perceived you know somebody seemed on the outside and say are you mad you know why are you doing it you know and, and nobody you know the the doctor reverse brain drain never happened engineering people were coming back or suddenly it was into me in bangalore and sigla yeah. valley and all of that but same thing didn't happen for medicine but i didn't view it as a risk you know what i mean so mm-hmm. though while that might could have been called as a risk i didn't view no, it no, as so a risk for example i i view the 2004 event of you getting all these heart patients to run yeah. marathons yeah Was yeah. a crazy risk, right? You have put your reputation online. One person could have died, and it could have completely, yeah. you know, ruined your career. Saying that, oh, you know, because I'm sure there would be a, a bunch yeah. of doctors saying yeah. that. No, no, no. Actually, you're right. Hai, no, you're absolutely you know? right. You put it that way. You're right. And and yes, yeah, so we, you know, we those are not thoughts that hadn't crossed the mind, but it just seems so logical and right to do at the time. No, I'm saying for mean? you, but did I you agree. think that because if that was the case, why is not every hospital? Making yeah. patients do this. Yeah, Why is right. there? You know, every doctor like we do this thing. Walk yeah. with the doc. It's yeah. so difficult to get doctors yeah. who can walk. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So no, I get. To, yeah, you're right. So yeah, viewed in that manner, yes. But so again, so you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right, then. Yeah, we have done some crazy things, but um, uh, did not did not think of it. um no, in that of manner. course when we do crazy things we don't think of it as crazy yeah. but i'm just saying yeah. that you know yeah. for an outsider yeah no you're right, right? taking high risk patients yeah. and making when them run 21k yeah viewed in that manner yes but 
you know, I mean, I just, at, at that moment, it just seemed medically and ethically and every other way, the right, that we're doing something right, doing it with the right heart, the right intention and all of it and, and did it. So, because, yeah. see, the problem right now is, and this is kind of one of the challenges. So we did this massive survey of the Indian healthcare system okay. and we even talked about the results. 93% people in India do not trust healthcare. Really? They do not trust. And... I mean, we know the challenges, right? Yeah. They had the government had yeah. to implement price yeah. control and yeah. all of that, yeah. right? Yeah. So we are living in a scenario where patients always view doctors, hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. It's with, really sad. You know, and then everybody wants to take second opinion, third yeah. opinion yeah. and all of that. And yeah. you hear all these stories of, yeah. Yeah. you know, all kinds of malpractices going on. Yeah. In this environment what are you doing differently for getting the confidence of the patients of saying forget this i am willing to go and you know after my heart disease go and run a marathon with you that is like yeah. going yeah. to the trust ka other extreme right yeah. here is one way where people are even not yeah. willing to take one medicine with yeah. which a doctor yeah. is prescribing yeah. Yeah. and with you people are running marathon so what yeah. are you doing differently Okay, so all this stuff that you just said i hadn't thought of it all this while but now i guess i should um because I want Why yeah. is not every doctor In this country Able to do this Is my question right? I, Because if that could happen We are living in the Medical utopia right I think one thing is Vishal People just don't I think culturally We're not a very Active society And and therefore Doing anything but Which is active Dubai Marathon Has made active bana diya, right? I mean yeah, marathon In actual numbers Is still very small I think the trust factor there is a deficit. There's no. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think in what we do or in the work that I do, there is a lot of interaction with the patient. And over time, I think if the patient, um, there's a lovely saying. Uh, I don't know who actually said it. Is that the the patient doesn't care how much you know till he knows how much you care, right? So I think that we do in all the work so that we do, my colleagues and I, we try and, and you know instill that look that we really care about you and we want you to do well. And maybe one of the things we're doing right is that that ethos is trickling down and the person realizes that whatever this guy says is in my best interest. So then maybe there is a higher trust factor. I don't know. I've never, never. So, so let's say hypothetically, of, you know, yeah. and we know our prime minister yeah. is known to do this. He calls yeah. you and says, Dr. Contractor, yeah. I want you to be the health minister of India. Great. Tell me 10 things which you will do differently to change the health of this nation. What will you do? So to change the health of the nation or change health care? I mean, health care. I mean, no, you are no, the health I'll, minister. No, I'll tell you. No. So you then, are the health minister. No, so I think the one thing which dramatically would need to change is frankly primary health. Because ultimately that's the, the base. So I'll, I'll tell you something which, which might surprise you that even today, you know, though we're talking about advancement and all, a simple thing like diarrhea is a leading cause of death in our country. It's among the top five causes of death. Now, could you even imagine that diarrhea, right? Which, you know, you'd, you'd solve with limbopani with salt, uh, can do that. So I think our primary infrastructure is is sorely... No, so so the, the way I'm thinking about it yeah. is slightly different. I'm yeah. saying TB. You yeah. know, we had a national campaign. You yeah. know, there was... Um, Amitabh Bachchan was on yeah. TV saying, yeah. do boons, uh, you know, yeah. zindagi ki. Yeah. Right. And right. today, touch wood, we've been right. able to eliminate TB from right. this country. 
विल दैट हैपन फॉर हार्ट डिजीज वी नो कम्प्लीटली क्योरेबल कम्प्लीटली रिवर्सिबल इट्स ऑल मैनेजेबल वाई इज वॉट कैन बी डन सो दैट जस्ट लाइक टी बी कैन बी हैव जीरो केसेज ऑफ हार्ट डिजीज इन दंट्री एटलीस्ट दैट वुड बी यूटोपिया बट आई थिंक हार्ट डिजीज इज अ लॉट ऑफ एजुकेशन विच विच इज रिक्वायर्ड एंड इवन स्ट्रक्चरल चेंजेस राइट सो फॉर एग्जाम्पल you need to have more green parks we keep telling everybody go and walk how many people can afford to walk in a gym and if you live in a place which is you know uh, highly uh, concretized where will you walk no, so so my question is that as a minister yeah. what are the things you would do what are the concrete steps in that case so you will say okay build more parks that's one yeah build um, uh, education i mean that's at school level so we definitely have a higher emphasis on physical activity in school but there so you're saying so it's in, introduce sports and more and what happens there see it's, it's, it's deeper than that is very easy to say oh let's have a you know 45 minute exercise session every day but somewhere you also need to then change your criteria for admitting students to higher level education which only the exams in one particular you know uh, only the marks in one particular exam matter you have to give importance in life to this all roundedness yeah. so those are changes which are also cultural so parents is a classic thing right you do so stop wasting your time you know on the mm-hmm. playground come and study then make you know you'll become someone so there things like you know um the the IPL the ISL the kabaddi league those are making also massive changes because it's seeing that people you know what you can get, you know get into health fitness sport and there is a career you can make out of it so you know as as a health minister you know making these changes um raising awareness still today you'll be surprised that people don't know what is say a normal blood pressure level right um so just raising awareness because these are chronic diseases these aren't like malaria where for example you eradicate mosquitoes the disease is history that's end of story so infectious diseases like tb tb is also an infectious disease those are sometimes easier to hit than than the the chronic lifestyle diseases and here's the paradox like you go to a guy who's forefathers you know were tilling the land and you know then somebody the next generation bought a cycle and then the next generation bought a scooter and now he's got a car and you want to tell the same guy you know what leave your car at home and cycle to work and don't eat dal bhati churma he's, with he every he's day he's saying because... that you know my my grandfather and father worked really hard so i could get this car and today you tell me not to use the car and go walking i mean are you kind of crazy yeah. so it's it's a lot of that embedded it's not it's it's not an it's not an easy task so we can you know sit and pontificate you know what people no, should do but it's hard but then do you think bodhi will then make you the minister if you are only going to come up with these <laughs> we need some more concrete solutions for you doctor contractor come on yes sir um i i think um catching him young is 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 going to be the way to do it you need to kind of if you want to tackle you know heart disease because obesity is the biggest thing today for example in the us 40% are obese they're not overweight they're obese okay yeah. which is bmi more than 30 That's and in the indian context we have more fat at a given bmi than a westerner so catching them young today you stand outside any mall in a city and you see the people walk in everybody's is they're not grossly morbid like you see in the west or morbidly obese like you see in the west but everybody is is higher so that's the starting round hmm. so you need to tackle nip it in the bud so um schools and, and what uh, can they do to change the trust factor in healthcare what do you think are the problems in the healthcare system i mean you've been working with asian heart now you are with uh, hn you're with all these big hospitals you've yeah. seen the system very closely yes. right so what could be changed in the system in some way okay so i'll tell you one thing and let me defend my profession before i say anything negative about <laughs> it 
which is that um, the sad reality is that with the corruption existing in all avenues of public life, in any profession, I still believe that in India and in medicine, it is less than in other professions. Okay, let me be honest, even the most how shall I say, one might consider whether it's heartless, corrupt or whatever doctor does a lot of free work as part of what they do. They just do it. And that's just a fact. Today, the trust deficit is can be bridged in two ways. One is that the patient is suspicious, whatever is recommended, right? So let me give you an example. You go with fever, okay, and then the fever is not coming down. Doctor puts you on a bunch of tests, Okay, uh, blood tests, all sorts of tests, and they're all coming negative, and we keep testing you more and more. You might end up saying, "Oh, look at this guy! He's just doing all of this to make money." At the end of the day, it may be a viral fever, and may just come down on its own. On the other hand, if he did not or she did not prescribe all those tests, and God forbid something went wrong, they'll say, "Are why weren't the tests prescribed?" So it's a sort of a you know catch twenty two. You you don't prescribe it, and something goes wrong, you'll be accused. And at the same time, there is a lot of wrongdoing done by doctors themselves. And to me, and again, this may this may sound controversial, one of the root causes of it is that there isn't an acceptance that healthcare costs money. And good healthcare costs even more money. One of my pet peeves with my doctor friend circle and my, you know, this is when you go out, you go to a restaurant today in, in a mid-level, people don't bat an eyelid paying 1,500, 2,000 yeah. rupees a head. You go to a good hairdressing salon and, you know, you get some stuff done in maybe 1,500, 2,000, 2,500. But people go to a doctor and the fees are 1,000 or 1,500. They yeah, kind yeah, of you. cringe at it. So they still expect that healthcare and even education, though that's changed now, should be really cheap. Because in the earlier days, they used to pay 10 rupees to a GP for the visit. So they expect that. And the reality is healthcare is expensive. And the moment people are... So let me put it this way. A room in a hospital today costs less than a room in an equivalent level hotel. What's the hotel giving you a bed to sleep on? The hospital is giving you the bed, is giving you three plus three meals a day. It's giving you 24-hour nursing care all in the price of that room. Mm-hmm. Good healthcare is expensive. But and until you need time, one case like the Fortis case which happened recently, right? It was all over the papers of dengue and 17 lakhs bill kind of a Yeah, thing, but again, of- there... So, uh, you know, this is a complex thing. So there are lots of rules which are made... Like, let's, let's take the example of... Um, of even generic medicine, right? You say that, okay, that doctors are writing, you know, medicines, you know, based on certain companies and they're sort of making money off it. Now, with generic medicine, is there good quality control? When mm-hmm. when you are going out running, you probably will pick a branded shoe yeah, for yourself, know. right? And that's the choice you make. So, in generic medicine, there is no... So, you there is, like I said, there's a lot of... And at the same time, there are doctors who may be prescribing for wrong reason. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those convoluted situations where there aren't easy yeah. answers. But you know, the, the challenge is, and this was one of the most, you know, striking thing in our research. Yeah. 93% people don't trust doctors, but more people trust guys like the number one person trusted is Baba Ramdev. Okay. Number two was Akshay Kumar. Okay. So the point is that we have more trust in Patanjali products. We have more trust in what celebrities are telling us yeah. and less trust in the healthcare system. Don't know what to say about that, but I think you know where Baba Ramdev and a lot of that is concerned. I think there's also this sort of, if I may call it, religious angle to thing. And I think Indians are probably the most religious people in the world. I joke that if you had a religious Olympics, 
we would yeah. win gold, silver, bronze, and everything, right? Seven day fasting, twenty one day fasting, anything. I mean, exactly. just, so, so I think that there is that whole angle and 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 to it where it's seen as that this is good. This is mm. from our ancient text and scriptures. There is that whole belief system that goes into it, and mm. uh, and yeah, I guess it's sad that that there is this you know mistrust or distrust in the healthcare system. I think doctors and hospitals are to blame. But at the same time, there's got to be that realization that healthcare is expensive. The other, if I may use the word, uh, factor is that there's very little government spending on healthcare. The government spending on public healthcare is under two percent of the GDP, and for a country like ours, which is not a very rich country, the majority of care should be delivered. And now, hopefully, with Modi Care, what they are launching, at least let's you know, let's let's yeah, let's let's hope that things make a change so 80% of healthcare is delivered in private and all about 20 in public and it should ideally in a country like ours be the other way around mm-hmm. and what is your view of tech platforms you know i know you must have seen a number yeah. of apps and number yeah. of kind of devices and stuff so i think technology is great um, at the same time obviously there is a lot of hype that goes into it so i think uh, in the us this whole ai and artificial intelligence in medicine one of the very very big hospitals in the us um, uh, invested heavily in a big product from a tech company and i think that they're almost right of 600 million no, absolutely. or something we, like we, that we've seen that, that ai so, can't do healthcare so far so exactly exactly and so far is the right word so i think like in most other things you got to kind of take it like you know what goki is doing is using a tech platform right and i think that's great and we have coaches so we are kind of yeah. using technology so the, the to best of delivery. both worlds yeah. right so i think that's fantastic and i think you know like using a app to you know measure food or to give you you know calories of each food that you're eating or tracking sleep it's all good and, and I now mean, so you, you know we've integrated this into insurance with you know I, I think that insurance is, is fantastic I think you stole that idea from my head <laughs> <laughs> because this is what I've been thinking about for the last literally 18 to 20 years and I was working in the US also we were working in a preventive health company called Intervent which started delivering services like you do at malls that is the first time in the US wow. in, in malls we were delivered we had kiosks in the malls where we were doing this and uh, you know at that time there wasn't the sort of smartphone technology mm-hmm. no so I, you know what my belief is that India always leapfrogs right so we yeah, are going to go away right. from yeah. poor care healthcare yeah. no infrastructure directly to people everybody being on apps people you yeah. know I think soon there will be phones yeah. which will have ECG already there they do a, they do I was I was at um, you know, I work with the larger Reliance Group, so I was at their headquarters just last week, um, at the at the Geo quarters, and I was talking to the person who looks after their health thing. And you know, we were just generally chatting. He said that the phone can actually become the doctor, and obviously, I use it sort of metaphorically. But there is so much, and and with the vision today that every Indian must have a smartphone in the hand with with connectivity, um, you know, you could you know. With Geo or any other platform, use the phone to connect to receive healthcare information, help when required. I so, think you know, that's so, fantastic. so as I said, right? So my belief is soon in a four thousand or three thousand rupee phone, yes, you can do blood pressure, ECG, diabetes. Yes, you will be able to monitor every vital yeah. sign from yeah. your phone itself. Yes, you will. And you could be in any part of the country. You and will. now that connected to a platform like Goki or exactly. other, some of the other platforms, Correct. suddenly democratizes health because Absolutely. you could be sitting in 
you know kanyakumari yep. or in jhumri uh, talaiya yep. and you could be talking to doctor contractor yep. because here yep. you have a system to look at it yes absolutely right now i think the whole physical infrastructure yep. is what is yep. creating a challenge and you so, leapfrog that you're absolutely yeah. right it's like we we leapfrog the entire landline generation exactly right we went <laughs> to our 4G mobile with, technology yeah. was more advanced than the us because you know they had so many so, landlines so the funny thing is there are people in this country for whom internet was directly 4g so they never yeah. knew how slow internet yeah. was so for and then you're like <laughs> sound when you connected exactly, on your exactly right modem. so they are all directly streaming video and unko pata hai hum log kitna dhakka maar maar ke video download yeah. karte the ek ek ghanta lagta tha i'm i'm a commodore 64 guy so i, have, I was I have, a sinclair zx sinclair zx that that is the so cause, you know that's, that's what i'm saying right so people have like leapfrog mm-hmm. and i think india has a unique opportunity to leapfrog healthcare absolutely right where we could go from poor primary healthcare to yeah. the latest preventive healthcare i agree with you completely delivered digitally agree, so that's really what i'm hoping the absolutely. Absolutely, the future to be. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. So many, the government, the everybody's talking digital. Let's hope it translates. Yeah. So, what are you seeing differently in the kids of today? I know you have a daughter, thirteen yeah. years old, in yeah. cathedral. Yes. My son is almost thirteen. He's at ascend. I'm seeing this generation very different. Right. The way they look at health, they already want to eat healthy, and you know, so the it's yeah. slightly different. I don't know what you are seeing with the kids of today. Yeah. So one is they know it all. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, they are all they are already connected to YouTube and. Google and Wikipedia, yeah, and and the challenge is, um, they are so like I even uh, before she joined Cathedral, uh, we used to do some programs and have, we've gone and given talks to students at at various uh, age groups. There is a lot more awareness. Um, they're much more clued in and they're much more connected digitally. I just hope that somewhere you know we don't reach a point where they. lose sight of the real world i mean that's it's not just health related it's just other aspects i think we in a sense have had the best of both worlds where we hmm. grew up in maybe not having landline your neighbor had a landline and then you got the landline and then you had a tv and then you had the vcr and you hmm. and today we all have the you know the world at our fingertips on the phone so we kind of seen it all while our kids have only seen a smartphone you know uh, so while they're um you know completely clued in connected I also see that because of the phone which is a great enabler they're spending much less time doing physical activity. Yeah, and, that, and that's the one thing that their attention span is also very their low. Attention very. span is is very low. Um I don't see this as a joke they're all going to have neck problems because they've got yeah, that the sort posture of is posture and the texting uh thing. Uh you know I'm I'm not saying that I'm not guilty myself but that's uh <laughs> that's yeah. that's just the the reality this generation is going to have a very different kind yeah, of problems. so where where it moves i mean who knows the the quantified self as we call it right the the bionic man measuring his ecg all the time measuring the sugar while that's good there can be a bit of a downside if that's kind of taken too far right so now people are talking about gene manipulation to live longer and that's kind of scary stuff no no and in the us all the billionaires are all trying to see how they live forever it right it is it is there's so this whole bulletproof concept right there's yeah, this guy I have, I have bulletproof coffee by the way yeah exactly <laughs> see there we go there we go you're a classic it's example good. it's very good though yeah. i like i like yeah. it because of the taste yeah ha huh. huh. You want I'm to live gonna, longer? I'm going to make honest. it right. I'm going to make it right once. <laughs> okay. No, so you know, my goal is that uh, listen, if with all the tech, with yeah. all the knowledge, if yeah. we cannot live over a hundred years, what is yeah. the use of all of this, right? Yeah. So I'm saying that except any accidental stuff, you know, which yeah. you can't control. Yeah. At least in my hand, it's to yeah. control diabetes, cholesterol, blood. Yeah. All these things are in my yeah. hand, in your hand. Yeah. 
if i can make sure that i do not have all of this yeah. and i can survive another 20 years i'm yeah. sure medical science will come with miracles to extend it further so so my pet point to everybody is that if you can prevent any of these problems for the next 15 yeah. 20 years you got it made <laughs> there is a very high chance that you're going to live over 100 yeah. i don't know what you have to say about i this. think you're the kind of guy which you're going to clone yourself soon huh? no i'm Doing not going to clone a, myself yeah. i'm hoping that somebody else will yeah. figure it out i'm figure just going to make sure that i survive till that point of time i agree the only thing i would worry about is that we need to make sure quality of life is maintained right and and that's 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 important because there's again a bit of a fine line between between kind of i don't know um uh, whether you use the word obsessively or artificially um doing a lot of this versus versus just genuinely well, and you know, enjoying it hearing like i know people talk about metformin now suddenly yeah. like you know that's the new thing and all these crazy talks which people really? are doing there is yeah. this whole thing of uploading your brain onto the cloud and then so see i know, i find that scary stuff right now you're completely a tech guy you know a lot more about this i'm <laughs> no, sure i'm not completely no 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 i I'm, just I'm meet sure. these crazy people all the exactly. time exactly so maybe you just come across I and mean, to me there's there's also the scary aspect of things right i mean like everybody's living forever then you know there's going to be some uh, some downside to it No, no. But my point is that till we don't reach there, you don't know yeah. what the downside is, right? Like yeah. life expectancy, right? Look at yeah. the the world now. You know, from yeah. a time where people were not living thirty, yeah. forty years yeah. to people living average is eighty now in the yeah. US, right? Yeah. And in places like Japan, Japan in places like higher. Italy, there are yeah. people who are living over hundred years. Yeah. So there are a very large number of. Plus hundred in all over the world today. Absolutely. So I think that there is no way that why we should not be doing it. Having said that, yeah. I want to know what where do you see yourself in the next ten, twenty, thirty years? Because you have now been in the best, you know, Asian art, best heart hospital, HN, best facilities in India, possibly Asia. So where do you see? I mean, what is the next level for you? You've already made heart patients run marathons. What are you going to do next? Uh, are you going to make them scale Mount Everest? <laughs> are you going to? I want them? to climb Everest. my wife allows me but that's a, <laughs> a different story um well i've done everest base camp you can do yeah, that easily because well, yeah, you don't yeah, need your wife's permission for that or trust me <laughs> <laughs> but uh no so so here's the deal um there is this is they call it the what the sunscreen song hmm. you remember it was meant to be this skirt one gets address where you know talks about things to do in life where they say that uh some of the most interesting 40 year olds i have haven't figured out you know what they're going to do next i think to some extent um i fall into that having said that there are some concrete goals so at hn reliance foundation what we're doing is so um i run the rehab and sports medicine area and uh, we're in a lovely building and a massive amount of space given okay so i got to credit the um you know mrs ambani and the reliance um foundation for actually putting that much of space in south bombay for something like this where i have this kind of dream okay that every patient who enters our hospital or for that matter any hospital right should ultimately go out better than before so far we just see healthcare in most parts of the world and india is seen as 
you know you made the guy live and just go out you just made him well how can you upgrade them how that's the idea so i would like that everybody whether they came for knee pain whether they came for a bypass surgery whether they came for a cancer surgery whether they came for a stroke once you've cured them of acute illness you work with them so that they are where they were 5 years ago or 7 years ago or 10 years ago so like this you know we keep talking about heart patients and marathon they say how can you know patients with heart disease run a marathon is the other way around they ran a marathon because they had heart disease not in spite of it they are people who are never ever run in their whole life exactly the first time they ran was because of heart disease so they so the similarly if we do that for every cancer patient for every so so every patient should metaphorically okay i'm again stressing metaphorically run a marathon right which means be the best that they can be. and it's all in the mind right the biggest challenge is on their mind they can be better than before so that's a big goal to make this whole exercise is medicine concept for me where everybody walking in is is so, so i call this leveling up. up right so the bottom line yeah. is if you don't level up in whatever yeah. you do yeah you're not going to succeed. so that's a big thing i want to do the other big thing is this whole digital health thing we spoke about um, luckily again i work for an organization where you know we have the opportunity or the ability if somehow digital health so geo health is a yes, big initiative can, yeah. can reach out to you know i mean i think million but you know they think so in very billions so any anyone so, who can do this yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, you know geo yeah, and yeah, uh, you yeah. know the ambanis with you yeah, know vision like yeah. this so to be able to really do that so that's the second big goal this whole digital health piece reaching out to everybody and i would love yeah. it if we get yeah. uh, so looks like geo health is going to change the landscape of healthcare Yeah let's let's hope so so i i actually was lucky enough to you know visit their headquarters last week just to see if there's any way you know in which um, i could help contribute and they've got great plans and i think being in the healthcare field and you know having the you know hn reliance hospital we're trying to see what can be done to you know take it to you know the next level I would love to contribute in in any way I could, and that's one of my passions. Also, this whole piece of digital health, simply because I I believe that we could reach out to a very large audience across the country. I mean, literally, if the the dream is to put a smartphone in everyone's hand, then it's you know one. No, and as I said, the smartphone can be the smart diagnostic Absolutely. tool. Can no, be the smart. It's the doctor, doctor in your hand, uh, so to speak. So that's that's the second goal, right? You said about the future. So one is this whole everybody should get better than before. The digital health. and the third which is always a dream that india should do very well at the olympics mm, and the through part. our whole you know sports medicine sports cardiology the things we're doing if we can contribute to that effort um, it would be fantastic and i believe we'll we'll start winning many medals when we create a ground up system right now what we're doing and in pockets everybody is trying to do is pick the ones who are already very talented and take them from national to international level and we will get some medals like that so a lot of the people who already won the medals have come through programs such as the olympic gold quest right but i believe that the large quantity when you're starting to win 30 medals and 40 medals will will happen once it's penetrated down to the grassroots and kind of you know all indians are so i'll give you a good example we did during the mumbai marathon this year runners from ladakh came down and i've always been associated with them for many years so we did a vo2 max test so oh, vo2 max yep. test is one which actually examines the amount of oxygen your system can consume when you run so if there's one factor which can identify who will win a marathon or the so most max, is yeah. the vo2 max these guys at the age of 20 22 23 had world class levels 
So it means that the capability or the potential or the genetic gift because they live at altitude is there. Now to translate that into actually winning a medal is a big, big gap, which I hope that the country... And I think if you can make, you know... Yeah. Triple bypass patients run yeah. marathon. There yeah. is no reason you can't take twenty-year-olds from Ladakh and make them win the Olympics. Let's. let's uh, I think what is if it? there's anybody who can do it, yeah. it's you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true, but thank you very much for saying that. So, so coming to you know uh, another part, I just want to kind of touch upon yeah. was that how do you keep yourself updated with all these things happening around the world? You know, apart from your medical stuff, right? Yeah. You know, you are aware of technology yeah. and all these yeah. things. What do you do? How do you? So one is um, where technology is concerned, I would say I'm one of those people who is not, who is in between. So is not the most savvy guy. So I'm not completely apt out, and my you know, sort of whole life is not not run around that. And at the same time, I'm not I'm not someone who doesn't know what's going on. So for example, I am on Twitter and I'm reasonably active, but I'm not on Instagram. Okay, I. Uh, I initially I got onto Facebook more from a work-related education angle as opposed to, you know, going out there and using it as, as really a social network. So um, I think Twitter and, and following the right people, if I might add that, has helped me um, keep up with what's going on. Um, I've had a lot of personal interest in running myself. Um, I'm just started training last week for a triathlon. Triathlon? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so you've already done, how many marathons have you done? Um, so half we would, one would do almost in you know, every alternate weekend kind of a thing. I've done a few full. Um, when I was medical director of the Mumbai Marathon, I could never do the full <laughs> yeah, simply because, because I had, yeah. to be, had to be this. But now the last three fulls in Mumbai I've done. Um, and what's your timing on the full? Like five this, hours, four hours? Uh, Three hours, 40 minutes. Three hours, 40 minutes. That's like, oh God, that's super fast. Oh God, wow. It, it is reasonable, yes. Yeah, it is very good, man. Three yeah, hours, 40 is like elite almost, huh? It's okay. So yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was the... Yeah, you're being modest, yeah. That was, yeah. So now the goal is a nice triathlon, so... Wow. Yeah, and which yeah. triathlon are you trying to go for? So I haven't really uh, set. So, you know, the, I want to ultimately do the full Ironman, which... Ah. Yeah, but... So the half Ironman, I know there's one in Colombo, which is the closest one which is outside of uh, our city and so that's in February so if I find something but the best ones are in France and all these places right yeah but it also involves taking a lot of time off and things like that while going to Colombo can be a weekend so how do you train for all this this is like literally have you run every day no not really so if you train for a marathon so one needs to run four to five days a week so it's not as much as people who don't do it think it is. It's so not like your whole life has to be. Sunday, absolutely. Yeah, your whole life doesn't have to be committed to doing that. You just need to be, so to do any of this and you know it, you do this yourself. You need only two things and it almost sounds overly simplistic, but it's true. You need to have a decent plan. And while that sounds simple, I'm shocked as to how many people with all the information available today have just bizarre plans, right? They don't even have a decent plan to work with, right? You need to have a decent plan and then you need to stick to it. And that just sounds easier said than done. Exactly. That's sticking to it that, okay, if you have a long run on that Saturday or Sunday, you You do it. it, Come what may. Then there's no excuse of travel. The only valid excuse is illness. Outside of that, there's no excuse. You hit those targets. You hit the milestones along the way. And you will achieve yeah, it at the end. You need to do repeats, hill running, whatever. Yeah, you just do that, that, and it's yeah. a, and the journey is as enjoyable, or the process is actually to me more enjoyable than the final time on race day. The final time on race day has, has yeah, variables sometimes out of your control, yeah. but the journey is is really what gets you there, and that's you know sort of 
use a cliche from an Aerosmith song, "Life's a journey, not a destination." Absolutely. Right? So yeah, and enjoy yeah. the, the yeah, journey. Enjoy the destination ride. actually becomes boring at times yeah. when you reach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's what happens to all the runners who want to keep pushing and going. Yeah. Ahead, right? So it's nice to have goals, but the journey that you take to achieve that goal is is equally or more important. And are you into books? What do you do? You read a lot? Um, moderately. I, I must admit that with this whole sort of Twitter type distraction, the the formal reading of full books has become less. But I I, I do like reading. I read two very nice books. Uh, uh, they're both, frankly, life and running related. One was Endure by this guy called Alex Hutchison, who writes for Runner's World and uh, Outside Magazine. And the other is by a guy called uh, Brad Stulberg, uh, who's in a book called Peak Performance. He had a lovely quote in that book. I'm sure the, the listeners would enjoy it. Um, it's not a quote, really. It's more a formula, which is stress plus rest equals growth. Oh. Which applies to athletic endeavors course, and life course, in general. Stress so if you rest. don't, if you don't tax the system, it's not going to grow, right? If you, recover, if you lift a yeah. 10 pound weight all your life, you're not going to get stronger beyond a point. If you run two kilometers every day, you're not going to get, you know, better athletically. So you need to be on that outer edge of pushing yourself. At the same time, you need the rest. If it's over stress and there's no rest, you'll have injury. If it's hardly any stress and there's a lot of rest, rest, there's no growth, right? So it's the ideal combination. And uh, so these are books related to running. They are, you don't They're not related to running specifically. They are actually, they are lessons for life, so to speak. So this peak performance is how to achieve peak performance in any any aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Um, the book... Yeah. So have you read, uh, I'm sure you've read The Born no. to Run. Yes, of course. That's uh, one of those classic things. And it's got this and this kind of almost mythical ending where the guy actually died yeah, a few and years running ago. yeah it is, yeah, it yeah. is insane my, my car true so yeah that that was a and in fact I don't know if I told you Barefoot Ted is a good friend of mine so Achha, I, 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 I Venkat knows him so I had got a he showed me his autograph which is his foot paw rather his foot mark his foot no, no, so yeah. I met Barefoot yeah. Ted quite a few times Achha. he was in Seattle uh-huh. we've had we hung out together uh-huh. and now he's actually moved to Santa Barbara Okay. So he's quite a character, and yeah. uh, he has his lunar sandals, which people correct, buy. Correct. To and run, five fingers and the, all yeah. of that. Yeah. And is is this the book you recommend to most of the people? Because I've not read both these books: Peak Performance Peak and, and Endure. So Endure talks about how the mind kind of um, controls a lot of thing, and it's a governor. So the mind can push you to limits beyond, yeah, and at the same time, it also protects you. So this concept of it's all in the mind, it explores that to say yes, there is a large amount of truth to it, but it's not all in the mind. You know, maybe it's seventy or eighty percent or whatever. Well, and, and that's what it says, right? That when you your mind knows a limit, it yeah. automatically stops you. When stops your mind limit. doesn't know the limit, it yes, cannot stop exactly. you. So they've done these weird experiments where they've certain aspects of the brain which control fatigue and all they actually zap them out and then see if people can do a lot more there's a lot of funky stuff done done all over the world to study this and it's fascinating what the mind is is capable of no no there's a lot of hacks like this to yeah. kind of do this and yeah. you know so yeah. do you have any of your hacks now that that's that's i need to know what hack is i'm too old to know what a hack is so once you <laughs> once you explain to me what a hack is i'll answer your question no no so hacks are tricks or stuff you can do to simplify or make things easier better faster like my hack is oh. for example i only wear red oh. you will not see me in any other t-shirt or shoes. Is that right? Yeah, actually now that you say it. Absolutely. Because my simple theory in life was I don't want to waste my time thinking of what clothes to wear. It removes one complication from my life completely. The next Steve Jobs. No, no, it is not about Steve Jobs. It is about simplification of decision making, right? It doesn't matter. So I picked the color red. I love red. So that is a hack. Uh, Shantanu Moitra, 
Yeah. He was on the show. He talked about an amazing hack he learnt. So he can actually make fried eggs yeah. on his car's bonnet. <laughs> so he's got this oil which can basically fry in very low temperature. Yeah. So basically, what you can do is, if you're on the road, get eggs and put this egg on your bonnet, and it needs a little bit of sunlight, and yeah. you can actually make a fried egg. And I was like, that's a completely genius. There's wow. this oil. So there are, you know, all these kind of crazy yeah, hacks. So right? I don't know so, whether I've got something in in that those things. I thought maybe you have some injection you can take and uh, run no, very no, fast. No, no, or, no, mine mine's boring. I just make sure that in my car at any given time there are a pair of running shoes. Pair of shorts and a pair of t-shirt, so I've got no excuse not That's to exercise a great hack to at, have, at right? any given point. There's always like the spare. There's the standard stuff which is for the day, but there's the backup. So in my trunk, actually, if you open it, there'll be a uh, a life jacket so one can go kayaking. There's a ten- <laughs> in Mumbai too. Actually, yeah, yeah, off off shop party we used to do it. There's a, a tennis racket. There are tennis shoes, which unfortunately you can't wear running shoes on a tennis court. There are tennis shoes. There is a t-shirt, shorts, underwear. That's always there. It's always there. Always there. And that's, have that's there been the instance that you suddenly decided that I was driving and oh, I have to run and you get out, wear all this I'm, and I'm, start no, running? No, I've not done that kind. But like, for example, if today was a running day, right? And we had this conversation from, you know, 6.30 to 8.30 in the evening. Then I might, and I had to go, let's say, for dinner somewhere. I might have gotten down, changed in my car, done a 7, 8K, come back. And then gone and done whatever I could. So that excuse that, oh, because I had this thing in the evening, how can I do it? You just, you take that out. Mm -hmm. But then you don't have an excuse. Then you don't want to do it just because you don't want to do it. Exactly. Dr. Contractor, you know, one thing which always comes to me in my mind is that, you know, Batman, Superman, all these superheroes, if they had a doctor... It would be you Because <laughs> you have you. the ability To make Not only superheroes fly yeah. You can make Anybody with disease fly And make it so simple And thanks a lot Once again On being on this show I think it is Extremely uh, You know Enjoyable And I learned so much And I wish people learned it By the way Your book The Heart Truth We are going to give out Some copies of this To our listeners Wonderful. But apart from that Everybody If you are listening to this Go online On Amazon and buy this book and change your lifestyle and start running even after your heart attacks. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Vishal. It really was enjoyable. I, I didn't realize time could fly so fast. And uh, thanks for having me and continue doing the great work that you're doing. Thanks a lot again. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. As you can see, we have a podcast listener in his natural habitat. Millions of years of evolution have led him to this point. He's on his way to work and listening to podcasts makes his miserable day better. He will now head to work and use all his knowledge to communicate with other colleagues and possibly future mates. You can find more of his species on ivmpodcasts.com your one-stop destination where you can check out all the coolest Indian podcasts. Happy listening.